0: I've made all of the mistakes that there were to make. (laughs) But I also know that there were times where I thought I was making a mistake. And my son has said, no, if you didn't do that for me in that moment, I probably wouldn't have made it into treatment that day.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders and influencers in our community. Joining me today is Carol Lopez. She is a recovery coach, a life coach. She has a book, a webpage, and a Facebook page to support parents of drug addicts. (laughs) Welcome with me, Carol Lopez. She is the expert on parenting addicts or being the parent of an addict. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. So why don't you start out by giving us the name of your webpage and your Facebook page?
0: My website is CoachCarolLopez.com, and I have a free Facebook group for parents. It's called Lifeline for Parents. I know there are other groups that have that same name. Mine is the one with the red heart.
1: I have sent your link to that page to so many parents that have drug addicts in their life. And just the fact that it supports, and I know that you, you've you done some videos on there and you also
0: kind of put out tips and blog on it. Yes, I try to offer inspiration and hope. And just, you know, share my knowledge of what I've gone through as a parent myself with four kids who were addicted to hardcore drugs for a long period of time. It was over 10 years that I went through that struggle with my family. Do you want to tell us your story a little bit? Oh, sure. I was remarried, and my husband had two boys, and I had two boys. We both had full custody of our kids, and we blended. Four teenage boys under one roof. Wow. And shortly after that, the drug addiction issues started coming up. And it was, you know, one by one, they all fell into it. And it was very chaotic. You didn't know who was doing what at what time. There was a lot of finger pointing. Um, The police were always at our house. It was just utter chaos.
1: I know also as the mother of a drug addict that it is so hard for parents because we want to believe them, and yet the addict part of them is so good at lying.
0: Yes. And as you go through it, you learn that. and You learn to listen to your intuition. And I learned to love my kids from a distance, and I had to let go. And letting go looks different for a lot of people, and it's definitely a process. It's not like you're just cutting them off and you're hard and cold, but you're, you're there to show them that you're ready and able for when they are willing to get the help that they need.
1: I think that's really key, when they are willing and ready.
0: Yes. We can't do the work for them. They have to want it.
1: I think for me, that's the hardest thing because, you know, it's really easy to as a parent to be like, you need to do this and this and this. And they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, I want it more than they do. And so, of course, that doesn't work.
0: Right. Yeah, I went through that as well. And, you know, my kids have gone through different rehabs. It was a revolving door. And there was just so much stress and trauma I could not even tell you today which son went to which rehab at what time.
1: Wow. I thought when my son went in, I thought, one and done. This is good. He's got it. You know, and um, boy, was that a shock for me that they'll go through rehab. They'll do good. Then they relapse. And it's really hard on the family. And I, you know, I hear you say you're kind of traumatized. And that's in a way how I kind of felt. It's like people judge us. Because they think it's our fault because they don't know any better. And right. and then if you do, for me, like I would call um, some of the places to try to advocate for my son. But most people assume you as the mother are codependent. And so they don't want to help you. They're like, yeah, n- never mind. Just let him call. And um, so that's been really hard, too.
0: Right. Well, I think that um, I'll just say majority of us are codependent, and we Mm -hmm. don't even recognize that. But, you know, my kids started when they were teenagers, and then they became adults. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, once they reach that threshold of age, the medical people aren't going to talk to you. Exactly. And especially with the HIPAA laws that we have now. Right. And uh, I remember a time when my son had been stabbed and airlifted to Harborview, and I didn't even get a phone call. He called me the next day to pick him up, Ugh. and I pulled the nurse aside and said, You know, uh, my son's an addict. You know, I'm concerned about getting him pain medication, and they prescribed it anyway. Mm. Wow. So it's those types of things that parents deal with, and they are full of fear. And I want to change that fear into faith. I love that. Is hope.
1: Yeah. Say more about that, about the hope.
0: Well, you know, I got to the point where I thought, um, okay, this has just gone on long enough. Like I said, it was over 10 years that I went through all of this stuff. And at some point you've got to get back to your own self. Mm-hmm. You've got to get back to your own life and i remember getting a instant message from my brother and he said you've got to let go or they will destroy you oh wow and you know it was the time when i started letting go that they really started to come around and really want the sobriety for themselves so i just think that you know the sooner the parents can get the help that they need to stop the enabling behaviors to learn what codependency is and to recognize it and to do their own internal work, the faster the kids are going to get the help that they need.
1: And how does a parent go about that, getting that kind of help?
0: Well, you know, they always have a family week in rehabs, and I highly recommend that parents attend those, and you can learn a ton of information there. Um, of course, you can hire a coach to work through this stuff, and um, also, Counseling is great as well,
1: and Carol and I are both recovery coaches, and uh, we mostly work with the addicts. But um, I know Carol works with a lot of parents. It's interesting. The addict will say in their early stages, "Oh, my parents won't still won't let me in the house." And me being the parent, I'm like, "Yeah, you got a problem with that? You lied, you cheated, you stole. It's going to (laughs) take them a while, you know, to trust you
0: again." Absolutely, and sometimes. You know, we are not the best person to be there for them. Our kids are so used to us. Yeah. They know exactly how we're going to respond to them. And so I recall my son called me one day and he wanted me to pick him up from treatment, like he was going to walk out or whatever. Uh And I just felt like I wasn't against him leaving at that point, but I was against me being the person to go there and, You know, enable that behavior. Mm. Now, by this time, he was at the tail end and he was going through changes. And I knew that him walking out wasn't going to be the end of the world. And so I called Hope Soldiers, which is a nonprofit organization. And Lindsay went and picked up my son. Oh, that's so great. And I knew that. It couldn't be me in that moment. It had to be somebody else other than me.
1: What was it that you you just knew in your gut? Is that what you, that instinct you were talking about or intuition? Yes. yes. When my son was going into rehab the second time, he missed his date. And then he kept calling me and saying, I'm going to go. They're holding a bed for me. Well, of course I didn't believe him. And when he was finally ready, he called me. He was at a grocery store. He was wet. All his stuff was wet. And he's like, come get me. I'm ready to go. Well, I knew I couldn't take him in because he would do add ons. He would be like, can you stop here, stop there? And so I called my nephew who had offered to help. And, you know, he really didn't understand why I couldn't take him in. But then when he picked him up, He asked him to take his girlfriend somewhere. He asked to stop for cigarettes. And my nephew's like, oh, no, no, we are. I'm picking you up and we are going straight there. And then he (laughs) realized why it's so hard for parents because there's all these add-ons all the time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think that as a parent, you know, I've had to do my work with codependency. And I did start pretty early when the kids were young, younger. Uh, Melody Beatty, I read all of her books And I remember somebody had told me about their child getting into drugs, and I hate to tell this story, but in my mind, I was like, well, of course, you treated them like crap when they were growing up. And then I had to look at myself, you know, I don't want that kind of judgment. And so it really is hard for people that really don't understand. Number one, they think the kid can just get over it. And number two, they want to blame someone because if they don't, it could happen to them. Right. How do you coach parents around that?
0: Well, first of all, you can't care about what anybody else thinks. (laughs) I mean, your health and your child's health comes first. Mm -hmm. You know, and going through something like this can impact your mental health, your physical health, and your financial
1: health. That's for sure.
0: And so, again, it just goes back to learning how to cope, learning how to cope. In fact, I was the binge drinker. I was the corporate employee who went out to happy hour and couldn't stop drinking. And it was like, here I am wanting to judge my kids and their addiction and want them to get the help. But then look at me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, thank you for sharing that because... I do hear that a lot. Kids that are, I call them kids, a lot of them are just young adults, they're getting well, and their parents are still either drinking or they're on prescription medication.
0: Because it's just um, too difficult to face everything. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's a way of numbing.
0: And going back to the fear, I think it, it's numbing the reality of what could be. Oh. Oh. And people who are in fear, you know, you always hear those two statements. Oh, well, if you're an addict, then you're going to end up in jail or, and I won't even say it because there's power in what we say. I believe that. if you're constantly dwelling on the fear of what could potentially go wrong, then you're not going to bring forward what could go right.
1: I love that because I know, like for me, I went to three funerals of three of my son's friends that overdosed. And sitting there at the funeral, my heart was going, I'm going to be the next parent. And I had to really take that thought and turn it around and let it go and try to think something different because, I, like you said, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to bring it about. And so I've had to take that fear, like... Is my son was living in a tent? You know, is he safe? Is he okay? And let it go. And and for me, I am a Christian, and I would have to say God loves my son even more than me. And that gave me a lot of hope.
0: Yes, uh, you cannot allow those thoughts in, and when they do come, you've got to get rid of them immediately. And you cannot accept the the life that they currently have. You know, I learned how to be a prayer warrior and I learned how to thank God in the moment, in the turmoil, while they're living in their addiction, I started thanking God for the life that they were going to have, Mm. for the fact that they would graduate high school, that they would get married, that they would have kids, that they would be able to experience life and all the milestones that life has to offer. And I think that that is one of the most powerful things that any parent can do for their kids.
1: Yeah, speak life. I mean, I as a coach, uh, because besides recovery coaches, we're also life coaches. And I say that a lot, that we want to speak life into whatever we're doing. And so to turn that around and use it in that way, um, believing for them when they
0: are not able
1: to believe anything for themselves.
0: Right. And we have to remind them that, hey, you have a family here and you are loved. And you do have a future mm. and get them dreaming about what their future could potentially be because they forget who they are. That's
1: true. I just spoke with a young man who's in, uh, he helps in recovery. He's he's a recovering addict, but he also, he's he sets up panels at the hospital. And he, he said his biggest belief is they've lost their dream. They've lost their purpose. And so before they can even get sober, sometimes they have to be reminded of what it is they love, what it was they wanted to do, and that it is possible to make that happen.
0: Right. There was many times when I was trying to continue to live normal when things weren't normal. So during the holidays, giving Christmas gifts, having the kids over, and it was, you know, like I said, trying to be normal when things weren't normal, or going on vacation, which... (laughs) <laughs> was a catastrophe. So I don't recommend that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure people can relate to that. As the parent of an addict, what I found was it was really hard to talk about it to just people during your day. The only people I felt like I could really talk about it with was people who had gone through it or people that were in the industry, social workers, that type of thing, because they they gave me more support and resources and ideas. Right. I would
0: recommend speaking with the professionals and the coaches. And if you're in a corporate work setting, that probably is not the best place to to talk about it. Agreed. Um, so it's really understanding who your audience is. And in partnering up with somebody who's safe, where you can feel free to talk about this stuff and get the help that you need. And get
1: rid of some of that mom
0: guilt. Yes. And we will make mistakes as parents going through this process. We will make mistakes even if our kids aren't addicts. True. And so it's learning to be forgiving of yourself Mm -hmm. through the process as well.
1: Yeah, grace goes a long way. I've had to say no to my son, and I feel guilty, but yet I know. Um, I interviewed Robert Smiley, and he said the worst thing a parent can do for an addict in their addiction is let them in their house, give them money, give them food, even give them a cigarette. And it's easy to tell other parents to do that. It is hard. It's hard to just say no over and over.
0: It is. And you have to use that discernment again. I've made all of the mistakes that there were to make. <laughs> but I also know that there were times where I thought I was making a mistake. And my son has said, no, you know, if you didn't do that for me in that moment, I probably wouldn't have followed through. I probably wouldn't have made it into treatment that day. Oh, wow. Wow. So you can't really judge the actions that you're taking. Like, it might be okay to give somebody a cigarette that day. Yeah. If that's going to help them get into treatment, Right. so be it.
1: Yeah, use your intuition again, rather than, you know, the voices in your head saying, telling you don't do this and don't do that. And you're just letting them run you over and that type of stuff. Right. This virus has been interesting because... Uh, My son, at this point, as of uh, Monday, he's gotten another evaluation. They are hoping to get him in this week. They're closing right and left. If any of them have someone with a virus, then they're closing. And so, you know, it makes everything a lot different.
0: (laughs) So the rehabs are closing?
1: Some of them are. And the detox centers, not as many, are open. And I understand because the nurses need to be safe in most of our addicts are either living on the street, so they're in that community, where up until recently they were not practicing social distancing, or they're couch surfing, so who knows who they've been in contact with. Right. Yeah, so that's adding an element. Well, what kind of groups are available as far as, like, I know that addicts have NA, um, AACA. What are available for parents? What kind of group would they look for?
0: Well, I did Celebrate Recovery Mm through my church. I honestly didn't do a specific program. Mm -hmm. I learned the hard knock way. (laughs) And I wrote a book called Muck Off, The Starting Point to Your Happily Ever After. And it's really a self-analysis of my life and the mistakes that I've made and the process of how someone can get out of their own muck and mire
1: I love that. Now tell me the name of it again. Muck Off, M-U-C-K Off. Okay, and where can people get that?
0: They can get that anywhere online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it, it's out there. Okay, great. And do you have an audiobook yet? I do not. I'm working on that and then the quarantine happened and so I need to get back into the studio and just do the edits, but that should be coming out. Soon. Oh,
1: good. So people could go on Audible to get that as well. Yes.
0: It's in ebook and paperback and hardback right now. And I feel
1: like every parent should actually read it, especially if you have a drug addict, because maybe it will save you a little pain. And we all go through the school of hard knocks, but any way that we can eliminate a little bit of the suffering is going to help. And I think, too, being validated, like when you said, Sometimes they need a cigarette that day. I kind of went, oh, okay, all right, you know, um, <laughs> because it is hard to say no, that fine line of being loving, but keeping your boundaries. Yes. And knowing full well, this is when I talked to you. I knew my son was lying to me. I'm like, Carol, what do I do? If I ask him any of these questions, he's just going to lie. And you had the best answer. Do you remember it? I do not. (laughs) (laughs) You said to tell him that. I know that you're going to probably not tell me the truth. And I love that because it's like, let's be honest. Let's be, you know, call it what it is, the elephant in the room, but still be loving. And I know for me, there's that mom thing where I want to control him. I want to be like, okay, you call on this day, you do this. And I have to, he's a grown man. I have to back off and let him do that but also know if he doesn't do certain things that you know he loses some access to my help
0: right and you know you're the best example here you are a life coach a recovery coach and you are so close to the situation and emotionally involved with your own son that that little coaching conversation that we had was helpful for you.
1: Right. And I'm so glad I reached out because it would be easy. Like if you happen to be a counselor or in some kind of field that you think, you know, your kids shouldn't be addict or you should know everything, we still need the help and the validation from other people. Right. Right.
0: Yes. Sometimes we're just too close to our own stuff that we have blind spots and we don't see everything. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, going back to what we were speaking of in that moment, you posed a question to your son, but you gave him permission to answer it for himself. So it's like, well, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. And also, it's like, you're not lying to me. You're lying to yourself.
1: I love that. And I think they need to know that.
0: Right. This is their life. They right. They have to take ownership over their lives.
1: And another thing as a parent, and I hear my other kids say, do they think we're that stupid? And, you know, that's not that's not what they are doing. They are so protecting their addiction. They don't think you're stupid. They just think they're so smart <laughs> in their lives. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so tell me again, the name of your Facebook
0: page is? Facebook page for parents is called Lifeline for Parents.
1: Go and like that right now if you are dealing with addicts in your family because you will get a lot of support. And then your website is? CoachCarolLopez.com. And if you want coaching around this, sometimes, you know, some people need counseling, but coaching is more of an accountability. And if you need coaching, go check out what she has available because getting that weekly support is invaluable. And then you have a book, which I love the name. (laughs) Muck off the starting point to your happily ever after. And you can get that anywhere books are sold. Can they get it on your web page as well? No, I prefer they go to Amazon,
0: Barnes & Noble online.
1: Okay, and if you're listening and you don't have an addict in your life, but your friend does, buy them the book because anything that a parent can do to get help and get support is so great because parents of addicts tend to isolate and try to do this alone, and it's not something that we can do alone.
0: And if my kids can get clean and sober after so many years in their addiction, I believe everyone else's kids can get clean and sober as well.
1: I love that. Yours can too. Well, Carol, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I will put all of these resources, your book, your webpage, and your Facebook in the show notes for everyone so that they can find you if they need you. And thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us today.
0: Thank you, Lori.
1: I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week when we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.